Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It is time for the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we have episode 103 today. Featuring legendary French painter Claude Monet and theoretical physicist Stephen Hawking. Classic pairing. Uh, Stick around for a little cute bonus content at the end of the episode. Sometimes we do it, sometimes we don't. Today we did. Uh, Don't forget before we get to the episode that you can always check out the freshest episodes every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Email us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. I cannot stress this enough. Hit us up. We need to get some more emails to that inbox. Ask me to do some dead people. Tell me what you like about the podcast, etc., etc. Don't forget also you can buy my book, The Kelly and Conway Technique. It is out now and it is hilarious. Tell your friends how great the podcast is. Rate, review, subscribe, leave a comment. All that stuff helps us out a ton. Share it with your friends. And you can always go to jarrettbarrenstein.com for the latest information on upcoming shows and special projects. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Stephen Hawking and Claude Monet only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Famous Dead People. Time to start the show. Famous Dead People. Oh, you know, famous dead people, famous dead people, famous stories stuck in the head. You're gonna hear awful from even though all these people are dead. My guests today on Famous Dead People are 19th century French painter and founder of the French Impressionist movement, Oscar Claude Monet. Bonjour. And 20th century English physicist and cosmologist, author of A Brief History of Time, Professor Stephen Hawking. Hello. Oh, it's very fine to be here. Uh, Mr. Hawking, Aha. Mr. Monet, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. Oh, me we. Really uh, enjoying the uh, <laughs> the use of your voice again, Mr. Yes, Hawking. Yes, I've got it back. Yes. And I, I tell you what, you'd think, you know, I as, as you know, I was confined uh, to a chair mm, for a very long time. Yes, of course. Don't feel bad for me. I'm Stephen fucking Hawking. <laughs> mm-hmm, but the course. thing that's most exciting to have back is my singing voice. It's lovely. I I didn't read anything on the Wikipedia about uh, you being a singer before you started having issues with your physical health. I wasn't. It's a thing you don't know you love until you don't have it. That's right. And now I find I can walk down the street (laughs) and I can sing about anything I want. Do people see you on the street and be like, oh my God, that's Stephen Hawking. Oh yes, they think I'm nuts but I'm like, I'm living life, baby. There's just so many things that are amazing about that it's like you're walking oh. you're talking with your regular voice it's a lot to process it really mm-hmm. is um you know what since we're talking about um you know your physical ailments like let's let's just dive right in all so, right let's get to it in addition to your contributions to the world of science and more specifically theoretical physics yes yes blah, you blah, are blah. also famous for being one of the few people maybe the only person to have lived so long with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Oh, fun starting uh, topic, so- <laughs> Jarrett. <laughs> Boy. This is what people are going to want to know about. Like, it's one of the most famous things about you. I mean, if I'm going to be honest, do you really think people will remember me just for the science stuff? I think, yeah. I mean, you the, the book did help. You know, Brief yep. History Time was wildly popular. It's Great, one of those but things- did you understand it? Can you summarize it for me? Well, I mean, that's the whole point of the book, was that it was in layman's language, you know? And oh, so- okay. Thank you. <laughs> But you know, really, it was digestible for lots of people, you know, to talk about black yes, holes. And but time. people remember the robot voice. They do remember the robot voice. A strangely inaccessible but accessible wheelbar- wheelbarrow. <laughs> This was before I got rich. I this did. Is describe, you're nope. describing yourself as a strangely I, inaccessible but accessible wheelbarrow. I can't. I wheelchair bound. I mixed up bound and wheelchair into wheelbarrow. Gotcha, gotcha. But you know, I was in a wheelchair and I wasn't moving and I was speaking through a robot voice. So you look at my face and it's simultaneously distant and un. un- you can't uh, uh, connect with it. But mm. at the same time, there I am, vulnerable, just. Ready to be connected with. Yeah, you know, I think it speaks to uh, hum- humanity's ability to connect a, p- uh, a human personality and a human soul to any kind of communication. Because we didn't look at you and think, oh, look at this horrible 
uh, robot person. We just we were able to connect the dots and be okay, like, okay, well, the fact that you had that in your brain leads me to think otherwise. No, I'm saying that's not, that's not what we thought. I'm saying that's not no human being thought that. Pardon, did, but did you ever consider a uh, robot? suit like with the mechanical legs and arms and rockets and uh like on the anime with like... this is this is almost exactly the question i was going to ask why did you not direct your genius it, towards it would have taken elements, away you know? would have taken away all my mystique you know mm, you think by the way there were other robot voices that didn't need to be <laughs> robot voices that's right. We had. And if I may say, we had Siri when you were around. sounding ones. You know? Exactly. No, no, thanks, please. I mean, we have Siri who sounds like a person. I know people who think that I Siri know. is a real recorded voice. There was it? the Mr. Movie I Phone. I stuck with. By the way, Mr. Movie Phone was in the '90s, and that would have been a great voice for you to have. Stephen uh, welcome to Movie Phone. <laughs> I can't do it, but. I yeah, was pretty I think, good. But I movie. think that was a person. I <laughs> no, don't think that was a No, robot. but I'm saying like we could have gotten yes. the Mr. Movie Phone voice instead, you know. Oh, there were. You would like to know about oh. black holes. I mean, I, I just got a new iPhone, and I chose to have an Irish lady for my Siri. Ooh, fun. That Tell me the morning to you. Oh, sorry. That's my phone. <laughs> if you could please turn your phone off. Please. Oh, my phone was just saying hello. Professor Hawking. And yet uh, I chose an American robot mm. for my voice. Oh, wow. So I guess you were kind of leaving. Leaning into that, then yes, the mystery of it. But wouldn't all... have been fun. You you take your giant brain. You you not. I mean, maybe mm. you can't heal yourself. Maybe you can't like think of a of a cure yet. But first, you build yourself like a cool anime exoskeleton. You I can, was like, a theoretical you can physicist. Crush, you can pick up the people that you have mm -hmm. phys theoretical physicist yes, arguments with. Crush on the them. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I think. This says a lot more about you two than it does me. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe we just had a little bit more imagination than Stephen Hawking. Whoa, maybe bold claim, Baron Steve. Maybe you just didn't think of it. More imagination than Stephen Hawking. Well, I mean, I, I kind of got the tip off from uh, Monet. I have to... You sound I, like a regular Stephen Hawking. I have to give credit where credit goes. Famously creative Stephen Hawking. Uh, yeah, but I got to give the tip off to Monet. Monet was the one that gave me the anime idea. You know, I think that's uh You're catching up on a bunch of anime? Oh, is that yeah, is that what you're doing oh, at the back money? Oui, oui. I love to watch the uh animated cartoons, particularly the ones from Japan. Mm, wonderful. Do you have a favorite anime, I Monet? Like <laughs> I like Attack on Titan. Ooh, it is about the giant zombie-like creatures who mm -hmm. attack a medieval future village. Is mm -hmm. it medieval? Is it the future? I don't it's know. a little bit of both. It's kind of great. It is sort of both. They come through and you they know. eat someone's mother and you say, oh no! And then they are traumatized for life. And then one of the good guys is a big one. And you know, then two wait, big ones fight. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So Monet, obviously anime is based on art. It is based on drawings. We oui, were. Oui. Uh, and this is, of course, your specialty. You were an artist, a painter. You were the father of the impressionistic movement. Oh, but we, we, we. Do you think maybe you would like to lend your talents to making some anime now that oh. you are, now that you're back? Like, can you, can you imagine how beautiful Attack on Titan would be just with your wait, wait, wait. I, I scope already, of I color? I have it, I have it, I have it. <laughs> Allow me to paint the picture. A beautiful walking bridge over mm. a tranquil pond Covered with water lilies. Oh, I can see it's it. Beautiful. It's beautiful. The great. early evening Saturday sun. Mm. A woman in a blue period dress with oh. a bustle and the cap. Oh. The wind teases the fringe of her parasol. Suddenly, a man all in black with a sword <laughs> attacks. She presses a red button and turns into a giant <laughs> robot and destroys oh. the attacker. Oh. <laughs> are we still just are we describing a painting or anime? Oh, I'm just saying. Uh, you well, uh, you start with a painting. Is oh. it anime? That is anime. true. That is true. It's it's a whole bunch of paintings in a row. Ah. I believe thirty paintings per second is the frame rate mm -hmm. of uh, anime. I could be wrong in about the that. Film it was twenty four frames per second. Twenty four. Really, all you need for anime then 24. Yeah, so just 24 paintings per second. That's not a big deal. That's all. Yeah, not a big deal. Um, but yeah, that's that's in that's absolutely incredible. I would love we would love to see the anime. I'm sure. You know, I should do it. You know, when you said um, 
uh, medieval futuristic. What did you say? You called it uh, futuristic medieval. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I realized the that's sort of what I was going for with uh, with your robot voice. Retro robot futurism. Oh yeah, so that like, voice. That's that old school. That nineteen eighties uh, classic retro futurism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am Stephen Hawking. Yeah, out of this. You know what? I've heard a lot of impressions of me, <laughs> many of them very offensive. Do but you this... like my impression of you? I really do. Still... Not one I would ever because expect. It still has a French accent. It's somehow. very saucy. <laughs> do you know that I do impressions? I'm very good. I, I didn't know that, Monet. We... There was no. So uh... many other talents besides art. There was not a career to be made in my time mm. from doing. A stand- there was not a career to be made? No, a career. Doing stand up in Oh, yeah. Yeah, a career. What did you think I said? Korea? Yes. <laughs> not, a lot of, not a lot of people There know was this. a career to be made in my time. But there was oui. no career uh, to be made in the 19th century. That's, That's true. But there, there, was was no two, there were two to be made in mine. Yes, we got uh, out. Got a, uh, we definitely uh, have have two available now and during. Uh, we have Stephen two Hawking. Koreas available. Well, available to us. Is Korea, you looking for a Korea? And Korea light. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have, because we have two. Take your pick. Uh, so, uh, going back to Monet. Uh, you were one of the founding members of the Impressionist movement, as we discussed. It was a style of painting that focused less on being realistic it and more. A, yes, it on wanted the, to create a good first impression. The painters. Oh, is that is that the the way that you would describe it? <laughs> I, but I, girls, what does you think it means? I thought that it was uh, based on the painter's interpretation of things, no. as opposed to the way it really looked. But no. you were saying, wasn't it originally called first impressionism? <laughs> <laughs> but of course, this is what I say. It shall be called. Wow, but very dramatic. I try to mm-hmm. make a big first impression, but mm-hmm. you see, it has been perverted over the years. Perverted, changed. Into simply impressionism. But, I mean, you know, it is what it is, so if people like it, I say, great. Mm, okay, and so, you know, you're, you're not, you don't object to the way that the definition of impressionism has changed over time. You You think, you know what, if you want that to be impressionism, then that's no. what impressionism is. <laughs> It is fine with me, however you wish to see it. And that is the end of the story. <laughs> it just sounds like a, a bunch of artists who uh, don't believe in second drafts. Mm, I guess possible. Well, I say? mean, fair. How would you? I am not going to dispute it from such a genius as yourself. Mm. But, but, but. Oh, no, I, it's not a criticism. Some of the paintings are pretty good. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's... Uh... Oh, I, I never did a second draft. Of any of your theories. Of any of my theories, any of my books. Hmm. I sit down and I write in final draft form. Ooh, interesting. And so you, your editor for A Brief History of Time, for example, no notes. Was just like, this, you knocked it out in one. He pretended to understand, like everyone did. Mm, I I dare you to summarize that book. Uh, I can take a swing at it. uh, Go, please, Mike. I will do it in the form of rhyming couplets. Ooh, wow. I am am listening. (laughs) Space is great. Is a great place. There is no God. Fin. <laughs> that was actually surprisingly that was accurate. That was perfect. Yes, yes, very good. Monet, a lot of talents we did not know that you had. Oh. Uh, so you should be an editor. Fin. So Ooh. you were saying um, that mm. the point of Impressionism mm. was just to make a, f- a good first impression. That's That was the entire movement of Impressionistic Ooh. paintings. Well, that was a... Uh, first Impressionism. Leaping off place. Gotcha. You see, to... to to smack them in mm-hmm. the face. If my paintings could have reached out and slapped the lollipop out of the child's mouth as he first beheld it, hey! What's your first impression? <laughs> that, from there, now please, discuss and uh, let it unfold now, as it will. I wanted to grab the viewer. When you say the child, <laughs> there was this one child who would always come to the Louvre. Mm, I see. I hated this child. <laughs> One child in the Louvre, Louvre with a lollipop. Mm. That seems it disrespectful. Was not, it was not forbidden. It's not allowed. You can get brownies at the at the Louvre. <gasps> I ate a brownie at the Louvre. Oh, where? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It's very different than in America. Well, yeah, France, it's a much freer society. Yeah, what was your anywhere. impression of the brownie? Oh, the brownie. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Uh-huh. Pretty uh, a work of art. I would say. <laughs> that was my review. Oh, Both of Le these Beaujou. jokes were fantastic. <laughs> 
So, uh, Monet, uh, you're saying that your painting, you wanted to, you wanted to reach out and and grab this one specific child, knock the knock the lollipop out of his hands, well, and, and figure now out. Now that you are then, saying it, I'm uh, sorry to keep interrupting, but now that you are saying it, what I really wanted to do was to grab and smack this child in my arm. What was his name? I'm, I'm putting, his name was Francois. Oh. Francois. Francois. Classic. <laughs> Francois He was from Belgium. Mm, <laughs> classic Belgium name. And he was a little shit. Mm. I, you know, what did he do that you, didn't, that you didn't like? I'm, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. You're not Monet, speaking any French. You, <laughs> I, but I am speaking in a very thick French accent. Uh, it's true. I can speak in French. Shall I continue this interview? No, in please do not. Please, please do not. I'm sure that was all perfect French. By I'm the way. finding it very hard to not speak in French myself. <laughs> So, Monet, if we just get back on track for just one second. If you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today are 20th century English physicist and cosmologist Stephen Hawking. Hello! And 19th century French impressionist painter Claude Monet. Bonjour. So I'm imagining, so you're, you would go to the Louvre a lot when you were studying painting. You would, uh, you would see people, they were painting the classics, they were painting the masters. But you instead would look out the window and paint what you saw out there. This is what oui. I read on your Wikipedia. Um, and Do you know how many uh, uh, Mona Lisas there were? The 50 knockoffs of the Mona Lisa. Well, no, they, they didn't do it Do to... you know that they, it was beautiful outside? We lived in this beautiful place, and people were in the... You're painting I'm going to paint it. You've been painted. Hey, idiot, you already painted that. So I I look out the window, and I say, that's nice. I'm going to paint that. And I did. And uh, I think kid. he worked out everywhere <laughs> for Claude Mullet. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that this little kid would bother you while you're trying to do your landscapes at the Louvre. Is that what you're saying? No, he was a Francois. son of a neighbor. I just hated that. Gotcha, gotcha. But, uh, you know, once, uh, once the animosity was there, he did come over. And he would stand and he would lick his lollipop loudest. <laughs> You know, that's how I feel about Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> I wondered about that. Uh, he's like the lollipop of, of science, of Did cosmology. He, he started, it's like everyone loved him at first. You say, oh, isn't he great? Look how excessive. And But then by now like, you're kind of on, like, yes, Neil, put on an adult tie. He's a bit of a prick sometimes, isn't he? We get it. How many more movies do you have to ruin with your science, Neil deGrasse Tyson? I'm not jealous. There's something a little smug about him now. Definitely. Just, yeah, he's like, look at me. I have full mobility and I'm, I'm charming and I'm in every pop <laughs> Did he ever think? crochet that you? Ooh. I mean, not directly. Any beef between you and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson? Wow. He believe in God? I gotta admit, I didn't realize I hated him until I said it out loud. Wow. Well, this show is very therapeutic. People do mm. end up accessing mm. deep recesses of their psyche here mm. sometimes. There's just Wait. not that much room for cool cosmologists. <laughs> yes. And theoret other theor theoretical physicists as well. Uh, I was cosmologist? Oh, yes. I, I was worried I was going to say cosmonaut. Which Cos I am not. Cosmologinis. Well, you did. Cosmologinis is a screenplay I wrote. Cos you, wait, what? Stephen Hawking, you wrote a, you wrote a screenplay cos called Cosmologinis? Yes, it starred Shaq. Sinbad <laughs> as, was going to be my guest. Uh, no, it was Shaq as a space genie. Oh, and Sinbad. That's why there were two of them. Mm -hmm. uh, cos Can you give me your elevator pitch? Like, what happens in this mm -hmm. movie okay. uh, where mm -hmm. there's space genies? All right, so it's you get uh, six wishes because there's two... Two genies. Ooh, there's Shaq, Shaq, so and, Sinbad. Shaq and Sinbad. Have, yes. yes, and so they just have to be uh, uh, space-centric wishes. Mm, so you okay. have to have read my book, and then you have to wish something space-related. So just like, I wish I had a million dollars in space, <laughs> and then... It is, it's a lot like fortune cookies. It's just like, whatever your wish is, but in space. <laughs> Uh, just reeling things in just for a moment. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Let's starring, talk a little bit about uh, your early life, Stephen Hawking. Aha. So some notable people are outliers in their family, but you grew up in a very highly intelligent family. Your family was very similar to you in their uh, value of intelligence. Nerds! I, I read that uh, <laughs> this manifested in interesting ways. Like, for example, mm -hmm. is it true uh, that your family meals were often spent with each person silently reading a book 
uh, to themselves. Uh, yeah, it was a real party over at the Hawking House. <laughs> so you guys would sit down for dinner and everybody would have <laughs> their own book and you just read this. Can you walk us through like how that got started? That I'm I'm kind of hard to believe that that would just like kind of like happen organically. It certainly did not happen organically. Yeah, old, how did old how did Papa become, Hawking? How did this become the tradition at the Hawking household? Hey, you know we're a skinny bunch, mm. and it's like oh we got to every meal time you have to fill your belly and fill your brains. Mm. So you were you had brain. to eat an equal amount of physical sustenance and neurological sustenance, mm. and so uh, father. Oh by the way, he was insane. Uh, and he believed that thoughts had weight. And so he would judge, have you put enough knowledge into your brain equal the weight of the food in your tummy? How would he test this? How would he figure out Here's if you the had... thing. There was a, seemed to be a different way to measure every meal. One I time see. he just brought in a dog that he said could smell liars. No scientific method. No, this is sort of what drew me to the sciences mm. is the chaos of Papa Hawking's <laughs> rules. Another time he came in and just said... Uh, you know, smell this perfume. If you can smell it, then then you can smell it. Do and then he that... winked a bunch of times, and we didn't know what that meant. Coincidentally, that was the name of my uh, band in high school, was uh, Papa Hawking. Papa Hawking. <laughs> oh, that's a great band. That's yes, great I played name. the viola. Papa Hawking. And, uh, Papa Hawking. I like it. What were your musical influences for Papa Hawking, Monet? Uh, you know, there was a uh, tinker who used to walk around the street pulling a cart and he had a jangling thing and he would whistle off tune and play a small concertina and that was my primary music. Mm, so Wilco. <laughs> like Wilco then. <laughs> we were not very good. Dude, but we had a good time. Shots fired, Wilco. So going back to Monet, um, first of all, I found it very interesting, Stephen Hawking, that your father was sort of like a, an insane, a mad scientist, if you will. No, just mad. No, no, no method whatsoever. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so going back to Monet, so you had a natural inclination towards the arts, even as a child. Uh, I read that you were a bit of a local celebrity at a young age because you <laughs> would do charcoal caricatures of people, which mm. you would sell to them for ten francs. Is that mm. right? Um, now, this was obviously before you developed into the father of Impressionism. So I'm imagining these caricatures were more traditional, like realistic, like just trying to capture what the person looked like in charcoal. Is that right? And you see, I tried to poke fun at them in a cruel way. In a cruel but in way. in a cruel way that was... Still a little fun. You know, st- they would still pay for it. So uh, <laughs> if, for example, I drew... Uh, the fishmonger with a grotesque schnoz. He had a very large nose. And if I were to draw that in in just a cruel way, he would not pay me for such an insult. He would say, you know, no. No, throw this away. This makes <laughs> me look terrible. So, but if I do it, but I, if I poke fun at it, but also bring out his handsome eyes or make something, you know, so I would always find something cruel mm. to... Shock them. The first impression is <gasps> sacre bleu. But then, as they look at them, uh, this sounds this, like my hair looks wonderful. It and sounds they like there you uh, are, kid. You're not bad. Were you just drawing caricatures? Mm-hmm. Well, we, yeah, they were caricatures. Oh, you know, big yeah, did you head, say that? Tiny yeah. little body, very oh, sure. skate. All right, Charcoal caricatures. I just checked out. I guess <laughs> fishing pole, possibly. You know. Well, there's mm. a difference between a drawing a likeness in a caricature. Mm, yes, but they were, I mean, it was described in the Wikipedia as a caricature. So okay. I, Ooh, I have to imagine. Stand corrected. So, Monet, you would ask them like what their hobbies were, and you would try to like draw it into the character. Wait, it was <laughs> literally exactly what you get at a, a theme park today. You or uh, Dave say, and Buster's. Hey, little, little, little caricature of you and your pretty girlfriend here. Okay. Gotcha. What Big do you like head, to do? small little... body. Wait, 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 wait. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Um, yeah, it's a bathing suit, beach bar. Mm-hmm. So Did what you... would you draw for me if I, you know, still, if I if I wheeled up and I said, Garrett, well, serve Stephen Hawking. You know, <clears throat> I I think if, if it had been, uh, you know, 10 years ago, I would have drawn you with the wheelchair and maybe a bunch of balloons. But... <laughs> I, I do now, love balloons. I think now, after meeting you and being so excited and stimulated by your genius, it would be more anime. You would be in a giant robot suit. Ooh, uh, but maybe fun. the suit would open, and there you are in your full, your full realized form inside the suit, pulling levers instead Ooh, of fun. incapacitated in the suit. I'll no take that. Great. I re- you know what I'd love and to see? And a balloons. Can you do one? <laughs> can you just draw one right now? Oh, but of course. Yeah, yeah, why I, don't you work I on that? I keep a small 
piece of charcoal behind my ear and a pad. I will use this over here. You guys talk. Why do it over here? Ear is very dirty. Classic 18th century artist there. Uh, so going over to uh, Stephen Hawking for just a moment. Uh-huh. Uh, so let's talk about your early education. So your first school uh, was the Byron House School in Highgate, London, which is a very progressive school that you mm-hmm. say failed to teach you how to read. Is that right? Yes, because they literally didn't. All right, so can you describe that scene for us, like a school that's so progressive that they just kind of forget or they refuse they, to teach you how to read? They really believed that you learn on your own time. Mm, so they'd come okay. in and say, we don't want to pressure you to read. So, you know, grab a book if you want to, but we got rid of all of them. Mm. So there literally are no books here. I say, well, I brought a book. And they say, what's that over there? And they'd snatch the book out of my hand and mm. incinerate it in the furnace. It doesn't seem like they, it seems like they're almost anti-education. Like they're trying to keep you from it, learning things. It did almost seem that way. Hmm. You know, I would try to tell them, uh, you know, what I'd learned at dinner by reading silently. Mm. And they would duct tape my mouth shut <laughs> and say, we speak not of the books. I see. They so, don't exist. So how was it that you were able to develop your ability to read in the end? Did I mention my father ran the school? Your father ran the school? Yeah, that might have been part of the problem. That refused to teach you how to read? Yes. Well, you know, his uh, psychosis and insanity really started to take over the town. Mm, interesting. And uh, my school was at home. So I had to read at night after everyone else had gone to bed. Hmm. I find this weird, though, because Uh your father, the school that you went to, that he ran, was Uh anti-education. There was no learning going on whatsoever. If you tried to teach somebody something, they would duct tape your mouth shut. Your words. I see where you're going with this. But he also insisted that everybody read at dinner and fill their heads with the amount, the weight of knowledge equal to the food that they were eating in their belly. Here's the thing. Here's what I've discovered over the years. Mm -hmm. When he ran the school, he would dress up in a sort of a Miss Doubtfire situation. I see. And he called himself Mrs. Dingledoggle. Mrs. Dingledoggle. And he made himself a villain at school so that when we went home, he said, here are books, now he's the hero. That makes sense. I mean, you know, it worked. You ended up becoming one of the smartest people in the sciences, a venerated genius. I had to write my own books in order to read books. It is because of your father's unconventional methods. No, I, no I, again, I'd call it pure insanity. No, but it worked. But it worked. Now, don't you give that just, man just credit. because I think your dad was a genius. I think he created I had to sleep in, in a shoebox. And it worked. Think you know I think about I think about Harry Potter sometimes you know like yeah this really uh, evil family I think about Harry Potter sometimes <laughs> I think about it a lot they locked him in the in the downstairs but you know what he ended up becoming a pretty good kid you know so maybe there's something to locking kids in, uh, under the stairs you know maybe there's something too do you hear uh, yourself right now uh, running a school that you literally next. just said maybe there's something <laughs> to locking in kids under stairs listen there are no bad ideas well, in brainstorming there is something you know. To it. Uh, we're going to have to take a short break very quickly. Um, but, um, uh, before we do, I just wanted to ask Monet one quick question. Uh, I, I read that you liked painting, uh, the same scene over and over again to capture how the changing light and passing seasons would, would alter the way that it looked. Is that right? No way. Okay. Now, can you give us an example in words, like how a particular scene would change from like the time of day or the month that you were painting it. Oh, but Jared, of course, you see, it really flies in the face of the first impressionism. <laughs> but anyway, but you see, each no, 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 each painting makes its own impression. You see, mm. I did not feel you needed to go and and find some, you know, take a bowl of fruit, stack up some bread and cheese, make something to pay. No, the world is a beautiful subject that all around us. Mm. So I would go to the park, for example, uh, in early autumn, and the leaves would have begun to change. And then in the morning sun, they would glow a golden yellow, sparkling like um, the leaf of uh, Gustav Klimt. Gustav Klimt. Who's that? Well, you, you've probably seen posters of his stuff in... Uh, oh, yes, uh, the artist Glimpse. Girls yes, 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 yes. Dorm rooms, you know. Like, yes. The kids. Yeah. So, a lot of gold leaf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is great. So, uh, and then so how anyway, that change? That was a tremendous purpose? eye roll when you said <laughs> it's great. I actually but anyway. hurt myself slightly. Yes. And then how would it change if you painted so, it later? So then now, imagine as the sun begins its climb across the sky, 
Mm -hmm. the, the angle of the light, the shadow, the, the dark pool of shadow beneath the tree when the sun is directly overhead versus as it begins to descend in the west, the tree becomes backlit by the red umber of the sun and the yellow leaves, which reflected so brightly the light hitting them from the dawn, becomes these backlit, uh, almost... Uh, Crepe, like a Chinese lantern lit from behind mm. by the red sun. Is the same tree, the mm -hmm. same location. Easel has not moved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Entirely different mood, entirely different first wow. impression. What? <laughs> multiple firsts. What a sincere response. I Did was you not just put, that. put a period on that sentence by screaming your own name? <laughs> when? And when it's we come back from the break, I will show you your caricature. It's, I very, it. it's very hip hop of you. We do have to take a short break. We'll be right back with Claude Monet and Stephen Hawking on Famous oh, Dead People. Famous Stay people. with us. Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us, whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super fun and I want that money. Also, go check out jaredbarrington.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash famousdeadpeople and click on the support this show button. Thanks again for listening and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I am your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are 20th century English physicist and cosmologist, author of A Brief History of Time, Professor Stephen Hawking. Gotta sing! And 19th century French painter and founder of the Impressionist Movement, Oscar Claude Monet. Claude Monet! That is, you know, they did mention this in the Wikipedia that you just loved screaming your own name just oui, oui. over and over again. Does it bother you? It bothers some people. No. I, it was a whole section in the Wikipedia page mm -hmm. with its own heading and then history of the yelling your own how name. How it developed. Telling your own name. I, it's fun to do. It is a little boring to talk about how it came around. But there, so it, was, it was insinuated in the Wikipedia that you did, that this developed because you like to do it during Climax and then you just would... Uh, scream your own name during climax, but then wow. that eventually translated into just any moment that you were out and about on the street. That streets. makes it a sexier story, doesn't it? Huh? Mm. I heard that it was that little boy that would have come by and he would always say, more like fraud, Monet. Ooh. That was one of his stinky bobs, that little weasel. <laughs> I see. Mostly he could not remember my name. Mm. He would say, um... Monsieur Monner. Monet! Claude Monet! Mm, so even, I am next door to you! It, it must have... Uh, w it was a realization then that he could remember your name when he started making fun of your name and called you Fraud Monet. At first, mm -hmm. he was simply an idiot. Oh. At certain... But at certain point, it was clear he knew my name. Mm. He was deliberately messing with He's me. just being an asshole. That's when I started to have the violent thoughts. Can we see the uh, caricature that you did <laughs> of... Of, uh, if you see, I will lift Stephen Hawking. I have a red velvet curtain over it. I will oh, lift the curtain. Very excited. It's yes. cool that you brought that. Ta-da! Wow. Would you describe you this? I have us. also added you, Jared. Oh, you, wow. You see, this too. is you and the bustle and the parasol. Mm -hmm. Wow. Just a bit of fun. Yeah, you can do some real nice tips. Am I, I'm mm. jumping over an, uh, uh, a track and field uh, <laughs> hurdle. Win. I have champagne in one hand. Win. I have a baby in the other. Hmm. I have a tattoo on my chest that says Mr. Sexy and uh, a robot. It's exoskeleton armor. Well, we mm. couldn't forget the robot after we talk about it. And you know where you're... Look, look where we are set. Mm -hmm. It is Korea. Oh. Oh. 
in one of the Koreas that we have now. Callback, one of those Koreas. Yeah, how about that? I love it. I like how you mentioned the exoskeleton last Stephen Hawking. You really buried the lead there. That is the main thing here in the well, circle that, I was sort of expecting it. I was not expecting the champagne or the baby. Yes. About, they, about which I, I still don't you understand. Are, you are featured. Well, I can explain if you wish. But Please I do. Well, <laughs> champagne, because you are this century celebrated scientific genius. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. <laughs> and the baby, because there is a certain childlike charm to you. Oui, uh, je ne sais quoi. How do you say mm. baby? Yeah, like a childlike whim. Baby. Uh, a, a whimsy. And I didn't want to do balloons, so my brain went straight <laughs> to baby. Uh, oh, uh, I see now. I was... I'm running out of that burning building. Saving the baby. Ah, and just happens to be on to an Olympic track. And I do not know what your father looks like, but this face in the burning building, ah. that is what I imagine. I know he looks like Hemingway. Wow. Uh, so you just That's about right. Uh, you said Papa, and I thought... Burn, Papa, burn. I was going to put a shotgun in, and I thought, don't let this in bad taste. Yeah, oh, it's too, a little dark. dark. It's a little dark. That's a bad let taste. me uh, wrap up this question about um, Stephen Hawking's early education. I also read that when you were eight, you transferred to an all-girls school for a few months. Is that right? <laughs> what does that did you, mean? Did you dress as a girl to uh, avoid? You ever, you ever seen that movie, Ladybugs? Mm. Oh, okay, I know. It's, I know. I know what you're. Uh, I have here. not. I have not seen it. <laughs> oh. But I imagine the plot is similar. <laughs> Tell us. So I assumed that because you were eight years old, they were just like. Uh, they let's let this boy in just for necessity, but you're saying that you actually disguised yourself as a girl to get into the school. Well, here's what happened. I disguised myself as a girl to get away from my father's house, and mm. I confused him because he said, I have no daughters, mm. even though he did. Um, <laughs> and he goes, I don't know you. Out of here, young lass. Mm. Uh, and so I... I uh, Lad and lass. Yes, that's the female. Mm-hmm. And out. And so I ran and he said, wait a second. That is my son, Stephen. And he came running after me and I ran in through a bakery, out a window. It was a real like Aladdin in the first scene. Gotta stay one Ooh. jump ahead of the Papa Hawking. I was thinking. And ended up in a cafeteria full of girls. And I just stayed. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So did you find that to be a formative experience? Like, uh, oh, like learning God. in this new environment? It was so wonderful. This was your first time in a traditional school, obviously. Because it was not an insane school. Yes. They had books. <laughs> and I read things. And girls, you know, they're pretty chill. You know, they're not, you're not, they're not at least insane like my father was. Yes. He was a real Rodney Dangerfield in this, in the the ladybug scenario, which I'm going to stick with. Again, I didn't see the movie. movie that you, but you are familiar with the cast list mm. and the general premise. Yes. Um, what Jonathan, is it best without bubbles? Hey, bubbles, get over here. Uh, uh, that, I believe, was from Back to School, right? Another classic, Roddy Digital uh, classic. Mm-hmm. I do a great impression of that. I would love to hear Claude Monet's Dangerfield impression. impression. Please, please do. I'm sorry to keep interrupting, but I will oblige. <laughs> Hey, I get no respect. Uh, uh, what's a bass without bubbles? Hey, bubbles, get over here! Come on uh, like a like a like a like a flawless, like a 20th century rapper shouting your name at the end. That is classic Monet right but there. But you will never forget. No, definitely not. Um, so yeah, that's incredible. Um, let's pivot over to Monet for just a moment. Mm. Um, so I'd like to ask you um, a little bit more about uh, your methods uh, as a painter. I also read that you at one point used a small boat as a floating studio and that you would paint portraits from the boat. Is that mm-hmm. right? Oui, oui. So I'm wondering exactly how that worked. Like, would you have the people come on the boat with you or would you row the boat over to where they were and paint people from the boat? Like, how exactly did you did you make that happen? Well, I tried to just stay loose and uh, see what happens. Some people like to take a little ride. Some people get in the boat. Some people got into the boat with me, and I would mm-hmm. paint them as we float along. Sometimes uh, they would like to row the boat. Row, row, row the boat, gently down the stream. And merrily, merrily, <laughs> yes, we, you get it. So um, we, uh, you know, it, 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 it happened in many different ways. Life um, really is but a dream. Mm. But <laughs> I think that we agree on this. <laughs> so, you know, to be that, you know, I don't, I'm not that sure. That was just my deep thought. 
I meant it literally, literally, life is like a dream in that neuron space. Stephen Hawking. Mm -hmm. Continue, Monet. <laughs> well, that's all. I mean, you know, uh, do you have more specific? Uh, no, I don't no, know. No, I there was a boat. I painted in a boat. So you're saying that some people wouldn't get in the boat, though, and you would just kind of like row the boat towards them and paint them from the boat. Wait, Wait, so you were just question. a guy that would row up to someone and be like, hey, get in my boat? If if possible, I try to startle them. <laughs> I would row <laughs> quietly up behind them and say, hey! <laughs> <laughs> if I could get them to drop there. Sandwich or whatever they were eating. Ooh, and it's yes. almost like a candid then, because mm -hmm. then you paint the expression that you I see. I would paint them very quickly. Yeah, and then and then you see. And I would catch that first impression. Yeah, it's, ah? it's completely oh, different. Ah, that makes the most sense to me. Yes, 100%. That is. But that. I still use that kind of vague, splashy style. That so I you were like the about. candid camera. I don't mean candid camera. I mean, you take candid you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Right? You were a candid painter. We do. Candid painter. Well, mm -hmm. sometimes. I mean, I did other things. No. Mm -hmm. Did anybody, what was the most embarrassing thing that a person did that you were able to capture in one of your candid paintings? Um, well, the most embarrassing? Mm, yes. Mm. Because obviously, you know, at this point in time, every painting is posed for. And so everybody's so, it's like those selfies <sighs> where people like, they take a thousand, they pick the best one, that's when they post. But you are capturing people as they are for the first time in right. art history. So that's most embarrassing. It was embarrassing for me and it was embarrassing for my model. I was painting a nude. Mm. And uh, I had painted her many times. We were friendly. But I did like to try to surprise her. Mm -hmm. It's a thing with me. <laughs> but we will not This sounds potentially problematic. No, no. It's, it's very, it's embarrassing but tame. Uh, so, you know, I was not in a boat, uh, we were in the studio and mm. she was on the chaise and, uh, I had gone to, uh, get a cup of cafe and I came back and she had nodded off because it's rather boring, you know, you just lie there. So I, uh, I thought, oh, I would wake her up and I said, hi, and she woke up, but she passed a little gas. <laughs> Ooh, she farted was, a little. Yes. And it did not smell. Ooh, mean, it was bad. It didn't smell good. It was bad. So, but we knew each other. Uh, she was very embarrassed. She, mm -hmm. she turned bright red, and I, I put that in the painting. And I, you know, I never. You put the fart in the painting. No, well, yes. But Although I, you can't see it if you don't know to look for it. <laughs> you didn't. But do like her that. blush. She blush. She blushed. If you look at that blush, it's you a fart know. blush. That and is... then be, uh, you have not seen this painting because I gave it to her. I felt so bad. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you should see the look on your face. But... You know, it was, nice. a, it was a personal intimate moment. We finished it. I gave it to her. That's she, nice. That way she can decide whether or not she wants the world to see that, you know. Yes, you know, the, the blush, it made it so intimate. I think so. Yeah, that's wonderful. And yes, I did paint the fart, but you don't see it. Mm. A little discoloration around it's just, I'm going to picture farts in all of your paintings now. <laughs> They're in most of them. What? Let's, uh, I knew it. Let's pivot back over to uh, Stephen Hawking for just a moment. So you uh, discovered your uh, disease in graduate school. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm wondering, can you describe for us some of your early symptoms, the things that made you think like, oh, I need to go see a doctor about this? Like, I know that you were a very physical person uh, yes. back then. You rode crew and everything i did and i was actually in the middle of uh my elaborate of uh, final uh uh performance uh, for physics which was a tap dance you i'm sorry you were doing mm -hmm. a tap dance i'm sorry yes for physics for physics oh yes this was my final project you know they said get creative with it and so i said <laughs> i could write something or i could do it as a tap dance hmm. so i spent most of the semester going and i was i had a cane i had a top hat i, was I just wanted to, i just want to clarify the noises that you're making are those the noises that your feet would be making or oh you, no no you're no. singing that as the tap my feet is were actually doing a different rhythm it was poly ah. polyrhythmic my feet would go and i'd be going it was like a four on a three mm -hmm. and it really illustrated you know sort of the dark matter versus uh other matter uh, <laughs> type of stuff traditional and, yeah yeah halfway through my routine the old kickers my yams, mm. my gams rather, mm -hmm. and my yams. Your I legs? Was holding yams. I always carry two yams. <laughs> I was holding yams, but my gams, my dog started barking. 
Mm-hmm. And suddenly I couldn't do the rhythm of three with my feet. Mm. And suddenly the rhythm of my feet became a, a five. Like uh, like Mission Impossible. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. While I'm up here like a jackass going, yucka da 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 yucka da 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 which is one, two, three, this four, is, five, way, six. One of my favorite uh, songs by Ravi Shankar. Now I have to ask, I have to ask, Stephen Hawking, how did this affect your presentation? Did you get a good grade on this? Well, I accidentally discovered how the universe worked when I just put the wrong rhythms together. And and it was like, exactly. My brain was like, it was a real light bulb moment for you. Suddenly I saw space. I saw time. I saw them bending. Mm. I saw a sheet and a marble and a weight and this. And I was like, I know how to explain this now in a book. And then my body stopped working, so I had to write it. I see. So you couldn't tap dance it anymore. I was going to tap dance it, mm-hmm. and I accidentally tap danced the wrong thing, which ended up being the right thing, and then I put it into words. I see. That Have is... you ever screamed, Eureka? <laughs> Uh, it's a thing that hmm. we think every scientist does. I did, but only after I lost my voice. So it didn't have quite the punch. Can you give us a little, a little taste of what it might have sounded like, Stephen well, Hawking? Here's, well, I'll have the machine do it. Mm-hmm. Eureka. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it does it's a little... lack something of You know how I do it now? Cartoony punch. <laughs> Eureka! It's like West Side Story. For just a moment. Oh, I was going to say it sounded a little bit like a Bond villain theme. You know? Oh, no, that was 6-4. Eureka will take all your gold. Shirley Bassey, yes. Or very like Eureka O'Hara, Drag Race, anybody? I do not want Just me? You're missing out. Stephen Hawking. missing out. Smartest man in the world, everybody. I'm still catching up on the anime. Love. Drag Race. Uh, last question about your disability. Um, you know, uh, when I read that it was originally very uh, depressing for you to get this diagnosis, sure. you gave up on your work, but eventually you decided to return to your work. Yes. What changed? What made you get back out there? <sighs> Do more science. It was the la- you know the I I I created a little uh, computer program. It was very early days for computer. Mm. So I was like, I will do my choreographed dance in a 8-bit digital screen. Mm. Didn't quite have the punch I was going for. Okay. I said, I need to explore the stage of my mind. Sister. Mm. The short answer is, boy, I was bored. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, that Come makes on. a little bit more sense. Yes. How much time are you going to spend just sitting there, getting, being upset? Get back to work. It's I, better for you. I might as well figure out the universe. Mm. Uh, if you're just joining us, this is uh, Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today are 19th century French Impressionist painter Claude Monet. How is it going, everybody? And yeah. 20th century English physicist and cosmologist Stephen Hawking. And so... Mr. Monet, according to your Wikipedia, I read that you became obsessed with analyzing colors mm. in your life and figuring out like how you would translate those colors onto the canvas. Mm. Uh, I read that, and correct me if this is an incorrect story, uh, I read that after your first wife passed away, you told a friend, quote, I one day found myself looking at my beloved wife's dead face and just systematically noting the colors according to an automatic reflex. Do you remember that incident? Mm-hmm. Do you remember telling your friend this? Uh, where you see, I I think that I was in uh, grief, mm. and I do strange things to the human mind. I don't think it's weird at all mm-hmm. that you would sort of like just go back to your reflexive mm-hmm. what you would mm-hmm. normally be doing. The grief was too much. Yeah, and it's hard. I almost felt a like a light bulb blow, like a fuse go, and all I saw was the colors. I saw the colors of the light through the window of her veil. Of the dress that uh, she would be buried in, and mm. it all became very um, clinical. Yes. So, hmm. Now, like I said, I don't think that's weird. <laughs> I think this is weird. <laughs> What's currently happening is, um, I don't think it's weird at all, but what I want to know is, were there other moments in your life where you found yourself doing this and you thought, oh, maybe this isn't appropriate? I am doing it right, right now. now. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I wanted, Did you do it when you murdered that small boy? I'm sorry, what? Oh, yes. Wait, no, he didn't murder the boy. He just said he wanted to murder the boy. Oh, no. Right? Didn't you Mm. stab him in the eye with that lollipop stick? Did you, Claude Monet? I don't think that there is any evidence of (laughs) this. 
Why do I know? Why do I think this is true? Did you say that earlier in the interview? And I'm just watching Let me that put over. This way. I did not say that. I did not. I mean, do such a thing. Definitely sounds like you did do it. I guess Stephen Hawking. Maybe you're, I did. I just you're, I did, I did, you know sometimes I don't know how I know things. It's just your giant brain sometimes just I discovers intuit. things. Yeah, like almost like Sherlock Holmes, if you will. I just I, assume that it's true. Mm. I think that the police determined that uh, he must have run away from home, <laughs> never to be seen again. I'm sure he's fine. But what is the color of a of an obnoxious boy's ocular blood? After you've choked them with the lollipop? Is that what we said happened? I stabbed him in the eye. Stabbed him in the Did eye I say with the, the lollipop. Eye? Yeah. It is like a raspberry jelly, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Way to cover your tracks there, Claude Monet. That's a long time ago. Yeah, any other moments where you thought you're like, oh, I, I shouldn't be analyzing colors right now, but I am. It's just the way my brain works. I cannot think of a time when it was inappropriate to do hmm, so. I okay. do it while making love. I do it while eating breakfast. I hmm. do it while falling asleep at night. I do it while walking in the park. I do it while Do painting. you ever, Inception style, do it while you're painting? Like you're analyzing the, the colors of the thing that you're doing is analyzing colors. Yeah. And, and so... I do this in six layers of dreams. Ooh, so I will be in one dream and then I will be painting of another dream. Hmm. Realizing only then that I am in a... Another layer of dream. Oh, wow. And, and then Leonardo DiCaprio comes and I paint him. But then he is painting me and we are both dreaming. And then it is snowy. Wow. And I am painting. How this. many layers of the dream have farts in them? <laughs> All of them. Oh! How many layers of this have farts in them? In- <laughs> Come on. Grow up, Monet. <laughs> oh, if I had a nickel for every time I heard Jesus. "Grow up, Monet," I have a T-shirt that says "Grow up, Monet." Let me uh, let's pivot back over to uh, Stephen Hawking for just a moment. So, when you began your graduate studies, there were two main theories about the creation of the universe: the Big Bang theory, which we're all familiar with, mm-hmm. and another theory called the Steady State theory. Um, and so, I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind just giving us a broad stroke of what the Steady State theory was and like how it was different than what we know of to be the Big Bang theory. All right. So, the Steady State state theory so everyone knows the big bang theory you know all matter existed in a tiny point and it exploded and then it's continually to expand uh till the end of time yes and then the uh the steady stream steady state theory yeah Mm -hmm. yeah, well we called it steady stream uh sometimes when we weren't thinking (laughs) and (laughs) it was more it was like very my father subscribed to this theory very much where we'd say, what what happened before this? And they think, well, you know, yesterday. Like, well, what happened before that? I'm like, you know, last year. I'm like, well, what about before that? And we get to a point where they just say, like, just, I don't know, stop it. Just keep it, look forward. They keep this steady, steady stream of life. Why are you asking questions? We got to <laughs> get to school. Put on your shoes. I'm going to go in the other room and not change into a woman's outfit, a la Mrs. Doubtfire. Stop asking questions. Let's go. I realize how much so cross-dressing happened in my family. So you're saying so that's the steady state Nothing wrong theory? With that. Yeah, it's, don't ask questions. <laughs> the steady state theory is, why are you asking so many questions? We don't know. Get on with it. Mm. Big Bang was like, actually, maybe a thing happened. I can see how the Big Bang theory was a little bit more universally accepted than yeah. that. Then they like, change the subject. Wait, was the Big Bang theory yours? Did you do that? I mean, you uh, had... No, no, no. No, no you just explain a little I bit. I was a groupie. I was on board. Yes, you you, you gave your you own... You were the uh, single... Uh, I mean, that's th- what... Theory of everything. Mm. A, a single elegant theory of everything. Exactly. I mean, the Big Bang Theory is what they used to call me my freshman year, if you know. I thought... I don't, oh, I don't know what that means. Is that a sexual I thing? It's when you put your... Oh, phone. yes. It was very, a sexual It's a thing. very sexual reference. Big. Uh, big. Uh, bang. He had a big thing. Theory. And theory is the only non-sexy <laughs> word in there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't theoretical. It was factual. They should have called me Big Bang Factual. Mm, maybe it's because you don't have a giant dick, and so they called it a theory because it still had yet to be... This? It had not yet to be proven. Mm, that's less fun. <laughs> But maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's no way we can figure this out for certain. There's there's, there's literally no tests. You do it with me, you'll have a theoretical Big Bang. You're right, not sexy. <laughs> not sexy in the slightest. But you had a lot of fun. Uh, I sure did. Obviously, Mr. Hawking, you ended up doing a lot of work in the field of black holes. Oh, and, uh, ooh, I thought ooh, we were off don't the innuendo. Don't so hard, you're going to hurt us. Yee, yee, yee. 
You need a big bang for a... Never mind. Uh, I would love it if the two of you would grow up a little bit. Uh, Two ladies. (laughs) Oh, Jared, please. (laughs) Oh, it's not that kind of a show, boy. No, it's definitely that kind of show. Uh, in 1981, Stephen Hawking, you proposed that information in a black hole is lost mm-hmm. once the black hole evaporates. And according to the Wikipedia, this was a controversial statement. And I was, and, and so I'm wondering what other theories exactly were around what was mainstream so that your theory about information in a black hole disappearing was really controversial. Well, because before they were like, what, what's that gravity stuff? And they're like, I, I, I don't know, eat your beans. And I was like, uh, hello, why is everyone just being like, don't ask questions about it? Mm-hmm. And then it's a black hole, right? Well, where's where's it go? Nowhere. And, and you know what? The only time I really thought that maybe I was wrong is after I saw Stranger Things. The, the TV show Stranger Things. Yeah. The other, what's the other side? The underbelly? The other place? The, the dark, upside down. The upside down place. Wait. I think maybe there's something like that. You, you think there's maybe something? But it has I mean, to go somewhere. I mean, oh, that, exactly right. I know I'm completely undermining my entire <laughs> philosophy and theory, but I saw that show and I was like, "Oh shit, maybe I'm wrong." Well, this is what I learned from your Wikipedia: is that you were never one to be dogmatic. You were always down. You always admitted when you were wrong about things. When new oh, yeah. science was developed, you were always. Uh, making oh, bets with other people. That's physicists. like when I said, lost, this thing is going to end on a high note. <laughs> really put my foot in my mouth with that one. It's so lazy. As a classic Stephen Hawking pivot. It was a good show, ruined the whole thing. Mm. Let's, um, it's like uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, I was totally on board with that show for like the first five seasons. Yes. So until the very end. Until it's like not, and then they it's got like the they, guy and the black guy and the guy and the white guy yeah. and they are like brothers but they are enemies. I'm like, what are we? And they're holding I, a bottle. They're trying to explain it. I'm like, I feel the blah, same blah, way. Blah, blah. What are we doing here? That's how I felt about Dave Matthews Band too. <laughs> <laughs> blah blah blah. What are we doing here? Yes, I was like, oh, why? Oh. This we we've gotten wildly off topic here. Mm-hmm. Um, we what, what, are what is the topic? Quickly, quickly running out of time. Quickly running out of time. I wanted to ask you, Monet. There was at mm. one point, you know, you spent most of your life living the classic starving artist lifestyle, but mm. then in the late 1880s. Your art dealer suddenly has a lot of success in selling your paintings. You were almost 50 at this point in your life. Do you have any sense of what changed for you or for the world? It's almost 1890. What happens where people are suddenly all into Monet and they just can't wait to get some Monet landscapes? Well, I did. Um, I made a what would now be called a sex tape. You made a sex tape. Well, it was not a tape. We did not have the technology. That technology yes. But it was a series of paintings of me in flagrante. Oh, my God. Accidentally, I'm doing the little air quotes here mm-hmm. around the mic a That's lot. good radio. I'm still doing it. That is an <laughs> excessive amount of air quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, accidentally was released to the local papers. And oh, my God. Well, they may have slightly exaggerated many, my physique. How many paintings? <laughs> how many paintings did you submit that that you? I guess I guess you would like. I flip. did not submit any of these paintings. Uh, I do okay. not know where okay. they came from. But you would flip through them, and you would basically yes, see yes, like you the would video. Flip through them. They, the frames were rather lightweight, so you could click, 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 and you, you see the activity. Through. You see the yes. sexual intercourse that you, Monet, are having. Yes. I imagine you could get like one hump. <laughs> Of movement with Ooh. with using or paintings. Remember, there all... were many of them. It was harder to get them to. Sh- if you wanted to see them, you had to go to some whoever house had them. So transfer. They were quite volume. Once you had the whole thing, it was mm-hmm. quite big. Yeah. Did anybody copy it? Did they make copies of it and then oh, give those to their friends? Course. Like it, it, as you say, went today. You'd say it went viral. Mm. Viral. Viral. Uh, I don't know how, how many paintings were, were there in this series of sort of a, a big giant flip sexual flip book that you created. I'm going to think about the math one of yourself. I like that they all were framed. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, they were very well done. Yes. Yeah. You know, it was probably three. Hundred? Three hundred paintings mm-hmm. that you that, did. Oh. I did not do that. <laughs> I do not know who that did somebody that. did. That, that somebody would be did. that would be uh, twelve seconds of animation. That's enough. Mm-hmm. Twelve That's seconds is said, enough. Hey, 
it was a duck. You can get a lot done in 12 <laughs> seconds of animation. And you know, you just need to you need to make a first impression. And you so just got to capture the imagination, People my saw that. Not that I would know, I imagine. Of course. So people saw this, and then they were just like, we got to buy these paintings oh, of this guy oui, in this, oui, oui, oui. In this uh, sexual painting flip book. was France. So it was a little racy, and people were like, Oh, sacre bleu. Oh, <laughs> mon Dieu. And uh, everyone began to talk behind the fence. Well, listen. Everything that I know about France, uh, it, it it tracks with what you're saying. Like, this seems like the sort of thing that French people would just be 100% It is a nation into. of prudes, but still. We saw this dude have sex, and now we need to own mm. some of his paintings. Nothing like this had been seen before. Sure, a, a single picture of, like, a naughty... Oh, like, oh, <laughs> But the flippy thing was new. Yeah, that, I mean, it's one of your innovations. Unfortunately, it was missing from <laughs> What's your... What's not uh, my innovation? It was there. missing from your Wikipedia. Unfortunately, that's all the uh, time we have for this week's episode of uh, Famous Dead People. I would like to thank my guests, uh, Stephen Hawking and Claude Monet, for joining me in the studio. Claude Monet! Um, oh, I needed to try it. And uh, Stephen Hawking, I understand that you have um, a project that you're a big fan of that you wanted to tell people about. Oh, yes. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, and I particularly like uh, this one comedy podcast parenting podcast called We Knows Parenting on the How Stuff Works Network and also the Story Pirates podcast with Gimlet Media. Uh, go check those out. Um, I, of course, am your host, Jared Berenstein. You can check out all my stuff at jaredberenstein.com. Buy my book, The Kelly and Conway Technique. Rate and review the podcast. Tell all your friends how great it is. Leave a comment. Uh, hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. We take suggestions for dead people that have on the show. Uh, we're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. He is English. Ah! <laughs> I should have seen the movie uh, with he, Eddie Redmayne. Yes, is he so? Is it sort of like one of these? I just make him very proper. Um, it's. I mean, if you're if you're going for what Eddie Redmayne was going for, it's a little less dainty than that. Oh, uh, mm, but should I Google it? No, I mean, just is it more? Is it more? Is it more like this? It's definitely not like I'm lower. I yeah, it was sort of like this. <laughs> it's me. I would, just, I would just speak Poppins. <laughs> Chris, you got a voice for us today? Ah, we, me, we. I am going to go one fifty percent candlestick. And the 50%. Ridicule. Who is this? <laughs> Monet. Monet. The painter Monet. <laughs>